This is Adventures in Sound at the Premises Studios. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Adventures in Sound, brought to you by Folded Wing from the Premises Studios in East London. Once a month, we bring you stories from behind the studio doors of some of the creatives that work here, as well as bonus content where we catch up with some of our favourite artists to hear about their musical journeys so far. If you haven't heard our latest episode with African Boy, check that one out in the podcast feed after this episode. You're listening to Adventures in Sound. Adventures in Sound. This month, it's all about the producer-artist relationship, getting the best out of your artist, as well as the moments of magic that have happened in some of the studios here. Uh, I know from personal experience how much of a big difference it can make to be working with a really good producer. I've had producers pull stuff out of what feels like my soul that I never would have gotten out otherwise, good and bad. So it makes a huge difference uh, how they work and getting a good rapport with your producer. The first person I'm going to meet is producer and enigma John Hoskins. And I call him an enigma because Uh, He's made a a habit of staying off social media and even keeping a lot of his productions off SoundCloud, specifically because he doesn't want to get pigeonholed to any one genre. Um, So it was really interesting chatting to him. He started off by telling me what makes The Premises a very special place to work. Adventures in Sound at The Premises Studios. There's a lot of kind of community hub studios around Mm. in London and other places in the world that I've been to. But... um, I think the combination of like the rehearsal space with the um, like production rooms and recording studios is what makes it because gives it its own kind of special thing. Because yeah. I mean, I'll love like some. I'll, sometimes I'm walking in here at like 10 a.m. I'm really uninspired. I need a coffee. Yeah. Come up the stairs and I hear like a big band. I hear like some rock guy and like someone doing some soul electronic stuff. Yeah. So on the way up to the top floor where I was working mainly. I'm I'm like oh shit what, what genre shall I make today now? <laughs> yeah, it's just it's really inspiring to be around such different music, and then you can come down for your lunch, and yeah. then you hear three other genres. Yeah, yeah, so and you'll, you know, I think that's what makes it special. Yeah, exactly. And you look around the cafe and you see all the pictures of like the millions of different people who've yeah. worked here. You're like, well, yeah. I better do well today. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, can I have a have you ever experienced something here that you, you just thought was kind of really surreal and sort of unique to this uh, to this studio? Yeah, I mean, probably just other than like the uh, the staff in the cafe who are mm-hmm. brilliant. Yeah. Nurel was a legend. Everyone yeah. that's been here knows that. <laughs> um, I mean, I'd say probably uh, f- quite a few months ago now, I was just walking upstairs and I heard like an angel on piano. I was like, hold on, that sounds like James Blake. I went downstairs and I looked at the board and I was like, oh. So James Blake is rehearsing, <laughs> and it was um, before his new album, um, The Colour of Everything or something, yeah. before that dropped, so he was rehearsing songs that I'd never heard before. Wow. So I took like an extremely slow like moonwalk yeah. past there. Yeah, what a scoop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing. So I mean, yeah, that's the kind of stuff in the premises, like literally my idols will be just kind of chilling. Hello, Premises Studios, how can I help you? Back to your sort of uh, process in the studio. Uh, at what point do you usually get in, involved? Like, given the fact that you obviously write music as well, mm-hmm. you know, at, at what point do you feel like it's your role to, to sort of jump in and take over? Um, I, like, it's a different case per for what I'm doing. Um, I've worked from like factory type situations where I'll be starting, like, you know, be asked to just make drum beats 
and then someone else is going to work on it and then it'll come back to me yeah um i've been sent like songs that are nearly finished and say can you just finish these but um yeah i'd say it's just whichever wherever needed really and going back to uh to when you were first sort of um on the first step of your career ladder mm-hmm. uh can you talk about some of your early experiences in the studio and maybe things that you look back on now that you think maybe you could have done differently knowing <laughs> what you know now yeah i mean yeah <laughs> uh, hindsight's definitely wonderful yeah i probably wouldn't have put like a sock on the mic as a pop shield <laughs> in like when i was about 15 that's pretty good but budget yeah like, exactly that's you know. resourceful thinking i think going back i'd probably use tights and a coat <laughs> hanger because it would be slightly more effective yeah sure when i first started doing more kind of more writing stuff rather than just beats Mm. Um, I didn't really understand the concept of a producer properly so I'd go into a session with like literally like 50 beats and I'd just be playing through like do you like these and obviously the (laughs) artist is going to either if they like my music anyway there's going to be like too many of them so are you saying when you first stepped into the studio with the hopes of becoming a producer you didn't really know what a producer did and you had to sort of learn learn on the job I had no idea (laughs) I just had some beats. <laughs> so at what point then did you realise what it was and decide that that's what you wanted to do? Um, I mean, I already thought that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. I just, now I realise I didn't really understand like the, all the roles. <laughs> but do you know what? I think that's like a common problem. I think yeah. a lot of people don't understand the roles of a producer. Yeah. As I kind of got more into it, I just kind of realised that there's like a never ending list of stuff you can be good at yeah. within being a producer. So I always just set myself like a new small challenge, like I need to get better at chord progressions on the fly or I need to get better at mixing drums or I need to get better at a variety of drums yeah. or whatever it is, tracking tracking um, instruments or... Yeah. And with that in mind then, like are there any particular moments of magic that you look back on and, you know, where everything came together, you're just like, um, this is working well? I'd say, I mean, I try and have that in every session if I don't I kind of feel a little bit unsatisfied I'd say I guess unless I'm like finishing something then I I just want it to sound finished yeah sure Uh, once we're on like a good vibe and I feel like we're on the same kind of wavelength I'll always just start like without any real plan of like I'll just go down a rabbit hole and be like right well where's this going to end up and then just keep going keep going yeah. until we're like oh that sounds cool and then if we both look at each other like yeah this is cool yeah. that's the idea that we'll then start off sometimes I'll just delete stuff I've made for like four hours but you know <laughs> it's worth it yeah and is there anything that you sort of have up your sleeve like if an artist comes into the studio that day and it's obvious they're not really feeling very inspired or they're not feeling very creative do you have any sort of tricks that um, you can use I mean I'd say that probably the most common thing that people are not inspired in is lyrics because mm. making sounds and stuff is it's obviously a very natural thing writing lyrics if you've done like five sessions in the week and then you're coming to me on Friday and you're like I've literally yeah. I don't know what to say now yeah. then it's usually just a conversation is needed really and just yeah. make the person feel comfortable like exposing themselves because a lot of times you're writing with someone you've just met so you've got to kind of get comfortable quickly enough yeah. that they can say something that they kind of ha- that you know they don't mind you hearing and then I mean if it's a music thing then I'll maybe play some ideas I've started before um, if we've started something and they're still uninspired then probably got to start again because yeah. like music kind of can just jolt people into life I feel yeah. so yeah, sure. if you're not doing that then it's probably not special uh, well John Hoskins thank you so much for coming in to talk to us no it's great problem. to chat Thanks to you having me. thank you Adventures in Sound
Great to chat with John Hoskins and find out a little bit more about his techniques in the studio. Uh, one thing he failed to mention is that he's off to Korea to work on some K-pop music uh, in the next couple of weeks, so can't wait to hear what he comes back with. Next, I spoke to Steph Marziano, who's worked at lots of studios around London, including the premises. She's been the producer for Danae Moore and Billy Lockett, and she also actually began her career as an engineer for Kasabian, Radiohead and The Prodigy, and she tells us a little bit about that in the interview. Steph started off by telling me the maths behind the perfect producer. You're listening to Adventures in Sound. Adventures in Sound. I think a lot of people assume that being a producer is like 50% technical and 50% musical, but in actuality, I think it's like 33 point whatever percent technical, 33% musical, and then 33% psychological. Yeah. Interesting. Like, and that psychological bit probably is the most important. And it's it's sort of getting to know the artist yeah. and working out how they want the songs. You know, at the end of the day it's it's not the Steph Marziano track. It's the it's the artist song. So it's sort of getting to grips with them and figuring out how they want to sound. How do you approach that then, the psychological aspect? How do you get it out of an artist how they want to sound? It's so different depending on each person. I guess my probably my best trait in the studio is that I'm really enthusiastic <laughs> and like I think being American sometimes people are a bit freaked out about how excitable I can get um, which sort of works in my benefit a lot of the times I think sometimes being so excited by like one bass line or one vocal thing someone did try to understand the anxious things I feel and just be like oh my god that was the greatest thing ever <laughs> And like, I mean, it totally has backfired sometimes, but a lot of the time the, the artist gets just as excited and then we sort of buzz off that for a while. That's great. So they must come out of the studio thinking, oh, I've made the best track yeah. of all time. <laughs> I've had so much fun. <laughs> At least I hope they do. Awesome. Um, so we hear a lot about moments of magic between a producer and their artists. Uh, are there any times that you've experienced the magic moment when you've been behind the mixing desk producing someone? I think I live for those ma- magic yeah. moments, actually. Like, that's sort of why I do this job. Um, so I've had a couple of them recently and it's just the greatest thing ever like I've been working with this guy Billy Lockett he's mm-hmm. an amazing mm-hmm. musician um, with Billy there's this one song that we sort of started off and it was like you know we weren't getting to the grips of it and then we sort of were going at it so quickly that we didn't realise what we were doing was really great and sort of at the end of it we like took a breath pressed play in front of like the management and label and they just went like nuts and for me, that was like such a magic moment because you sat back and like, oh no, we did this together, and this was a thing that we like, we created, and everyone's going nuts for it. Like that's amazing stuff like that's really great. Or like when you have a really difficult song, like it happened on Danae's record. There's like one song we just like couldn't work out, and it's to the point where I think we were just going to give up on the song for the album. Like it just wasn't working, and we did like a couple little changes, and it just like yeah. clicked. So speaking of Danae, you worked as her producer and her mixer and engineer on her most recent album, We Used to Bloom. That's the one you mentioned. Uh, what are some memories of working on those sessions with her and uh, uh, just working with her as an artist? Danae uh, is the best. Um, yeah. It's really cheesy, but it was like our one year anniversary yeah. uh, next week <laughs> when we're doing the album. Um, it was one of those things. We had like a trial session. I met her amazing A&R Jane on a session and we clicked and she sort of was like, oh, you should try a date with Danae. And like sometimes you work with artists and it's like clear, oh, you're just not going to be right for each other. But with Danae, it was like the most instant musical connection I've ever had with anyone. So the whole thing was just like 
so much fun. Like we both had the same mad ideas. Like there's one tune where like the first line is chain chewing gum, and we just went up to a microphone and recorded ourselves like chewing gum. Loads of the drums are like weird percussion where we like we're rolling drumsticks on the floor and like capturing like the weird sounds of that. And it's sort of like we both had mad intentions for the album and it worked out perfectly amazing so you're in the band basically like yeah it's so much fun <laughs> honorary member like i i keep telling her like at some gig i'm gonna have to come out on stage and do those tom fills <laughs> like, like, maybe uh, a glastonbury yeah you glastonbury. can have your moment that's that's my moment the thing is i'll probably play them out of time so i don't want to like i don't want to even though it'll be my moment i don't want to ruin that moment for her <laughs> yeah no that's fair enough Thank you so much, Steph Marziano. It was really good to meet you, really good to talk to you. And uh, yeah, thank you for sharing some stories with us. (laughs) Amazing. Wicked. You're listening to Adventures in Sound. Adventures in Sound. Lovely to chat with Steph Marziano there. I hope the sound of her chewing gum didn't put everyone off their breakfast. And finally, we're going to meet Rich Cooper. He's had a room here for a number of years and he's produced albums for the like of Billy Martin, Joseph Salvat and The Temper Trap. Adventures in Sound at the Premises Studios. So we're heading out of the Folded Wing studio and going up the stairs to room 21 where Rich is based. We've just been told he has a puppy in the studio with him, so I'm pretty excited about that. Hello. Good to meet you. I'm Anne. Hello. Who's this? Oh, my God. Adventures in Sound. I want to talk to you a little bit about the premises studios itself. Obviously, you're up here in room 21 and it looks like you very much made it your own. (laughs) I mean, you've got some amazing, um, looks like vintage equipment. You've got this awesome dinosaur poster and loads of other art and cool stuff on the walls. Obviously, you have Betsy the puppy here as well. What do you think is special about the premises studios itself? I don't know. I've worked at other studios before where there's like a weird air of... Uh, ego yeah. around people and like you have massive bands rehearsing downstairs and they'll just come and say hey and like especially with the dog like Jesse Ware the other day just came up and was playing with the dog for 15 minutes and I was like that's great There's, it's just a cool environment Have you ever had any really sort of surreal moments while you've been working here? <laughs> the only surreal thing I can think of is Doris the studio cat who's in that case I love Doris yeah. <laughs> um, I was in the middle of a session one day was maybe half 11 or something and all of a sudden she just appeared at the window outside I was like, how did you get there? And then I let her in. She walked downstairs and on reception, when I went down later, they were like, oh yeah, Doris has been missing for two days and she'd been up on the roof for two days. Oh wow. And then just climbed in the window. I was like, okay. Poor Doris. Yeah. I love that your most surreal moment in this studio (laughs) with so many people coming and going involves Doris. She is an amazing cat. She is, yeah. It has to be said. So going back to your sort of early years mm-hmm. uh, working in studios, what are some of your early experiences working with artists? And uh, is there anything, when you look back now, is there anything that you would change? Um, well, I guess, I don't know, because I, I, I came through the the old school way of becoming a producer. I started off as an assistant and then engineer. And so I worked with all these amazing people engineering. So I, I got to learn a lot from them. I think the main thing that, looking back, I would probably tell myself is to trust yourself more I think when I started out with the production stuff it was very much we were doing it for ourselves and then it was with Joseph Salvat that was the first project I worked on and then it happened to get signed and it was great but then the A&Rs and labels and managers get involved and then not like they're horrible or anything but you start questioning everything and what they think about it rather than what you think about it so there was like a, a year and a half period where 
I was very in my own head about stuff, and then you gotta just gotta go. Uh, you can't make music yeah. for other people in that in that kind of way. You gotta just kind of if it makes you happy, and that's the most important thing, I guess. And yeah, you just gotta kind of let things go. Or if you disagree, just be like, okay, I don't necessarily agree with that. Yeah. Uh, it's very diplomatic. <laughs> 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 There's no leaving you behind So I learned patience And placed all my bets on time So we often hear about those sort of moments of magic that happen in a studio between a producer and an artist. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that happens to you often, but are there there any specific times that you remember really feeling that magic in the studio with someone? Um, Billy Martin was... Probably the main one, just because everything we did we recorded live. It was or her parts. It was her should play guitar and sing or, or play piano and sing. And it was often like the first take. It was just absolutely nuts. But there was always something about it. Yeah, that was a weird feeling. Even if it takes all night, even though I try my Does that come from when an artist, you know, stands out as being particularly talented or do you think it's kind of some other kind of chemistry going on between you and them? Uh, definitely obviously need to have that talent and that kind of whatever it is. But it's also, it is definitely a moment in time. Like there were days where, which you'll hate me saying, there were days where we did takes and they just weren't great. Yeah. But there were just moments where everything just kind of aligned, like the room was right, it was the right time of day for her voice all kinds of things is there anything that you kind of do to engineer that kind of thing or is it just too nebulous to try and uh no you do kind of learn you do kind of learn what people like like some people like rooms to be freezing cold some people like to be really warm and light and dark all those kind of things you do learn how they like their environment yep do you have uh, any examples that you've seen um sort of working with other producers or other people in the studio mm. as, as you've sort of been coming up through your career any examples of a really bad studio etiquette yeah this is a long time ago there's someone I worked with that was totally fine they went out for lunch and they came back very drunk and very on whatever else as well and the whole of the rest of the afternoon was just a massive argument between the artist and the producer like smashing stuff up Wow. Uh, it was very, that was that was pretty surreal. I imagine that, like, is that not common practice at the studio, though, for people to go out to lunch and uh, come back and... Yeah, I guess you don't... Some kind uh, of state. I guess the problem is normally it's everyone. Yeah. Or at least a couple of people, and this is just one person and everyone else is sober. Yeah. And it was it was really strange. <laughs> and it, was also, it wasn't just a little bit drunk, it was aggressively drunk. Wow. Yeah, it was quite strange. Maybe they thought it would add to their sort of creative yeah. nice. Maybe, maybe. I think it backfired <laughs> in the long run. I think everyone just went home. <laughs> That's not the rock and roll no. impression that I have of recording studios. Oh, no. You're really smashing the... Uh... <laughs> yeah, no, so that's worn off that... I think that wore off a while ago, the rock and roll side of studios <laughs> yeah, a little bit, you're right. sadly. Perhaps you're right. Well, thank you so much for talking to me, Rich. It's really good to meet you and thanks for sharing some of your stories with us. That's cool. This is Adventures in Sound at the Premises Studios. 
It was lovely chatting to Rich and of course meeting his puppy Betsy. He's based up in room 21 which is at the very top of the premises studios. Uh, I remember climbing those stairs to go and see him. He has all kinds of amazing stuff in his room. He's got loads of vintage equipment and cool posters. Um, It was really really cool how he's made that studio his own. So there you have an exclusive insight into some of the production that takes place here every day. Thank you so much to all of our guests. Rich Cooper, Steph Marziano and John Hoskins. In a fortnight's time we'll be catching up with musician Izzy Dunn who'll be taking us through her career so far including working with Gorillaz, Duran Duran and her own solo career. Make sure you subscribe on all good podcast apps. I've been Anne Frankenstein. This has been a Folded Wing production. To hear more like this head to foldedwing.co.uk This is Adventures in Sound at the Premises Studios.